Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner, we're off to Alabama to meet two of the cutest kids in the world, Scout and Jevon, possibly the greatest dad of all time, TM, in one Atticus Finch. It's time to lawyer up, as from 1962, we're talking to Kill a Mockingbird. While in the blue corner, we're crossing one state line into the neighbouring Mississippi, where there's one hell of a trial going on as Drake Brigance defends Carl Lee Haley in a case that divides the community from 1996. It's a time to kill. Ladies and gentlemen, Gregory Peck. The world never seems as fresh and wonderful, as comforting and terrifying, as good and evil, as it does when seen through the eyes of a child. For a writer to capture that feeling is remarkable. And perhaps that is why one book in the last few years has been so warmly embraced by tens of millions of people. To Kill a Mockingbird. I figure a lot of people out there tired of all the raping, killing. They'd be sympathetic to a man who took the law in his own hand. Our society cannot condone men who take the law into their own hands, no matter what the circumstance. How do you wish to be? Not guilty, Your Honor. So, it's a southern courtroom drama duel this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters. In the name of God, do your duty. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris Tilly. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back, V. Yay. Hi, Vicky. Hi, guys. The dream team back together. Whoop. 
Never been called that, apart from by me, just now. <laughs> Great, well, I'm, it's an honour. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. How, how was your holiday? It was amazing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. We missed you. We did, did you? Apart yeah. from when Kim was here and Dave was here. Yeah, yeah no, naturally, of yeah. course. You just need someone also, in that third chair. Actually, that show we did, just the two of us, that was pretty awesome, 48 Hours in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, we spent too much time talking about chairs. We love chair chat now. <laughs> By the really? way, you're, gonna, you're playing catch up on the chair chat. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It's it's an integral part of the show. Do you know a lot about chairs? Because I do. Oh, no. No, but I did just see a table that had been dumped. In the park. Are you? Wait, 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 wait. wait. What did you think of that table? Looked all right. Yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I said to Vicky, that table looks all right. We should take That's the worst table I've ever seen. It's in the park. I mean, someone thinks it's terrible. Even the council won't take it. I quite liked it. It's horrible. If it's still there after the show, I'm grabbing it. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'll help. Yeah, great. <laughs> uh, so welcome to part one of Kill a Mockingbird versus Time to Kill. If you're new to the show, this is how it works. We are doing To Kill a Mockingbird today and then a Time to Kill on Thursday, at which point we will declare which is the better film. So the clue I gave on last week's show, Chris, help me out. I can't remember. Was it really bad? Can you even know. remember? No. Because you put on Twitter... Alex did such a uh, good I'll, job. I'll I'll see, I'll see you in court, counsellor. I think, but in a southern accent. Oh yes. Oh good. wow. Yeah, it was awful. You want to do that again? No. <laughs> I made him do it three times. <laughs> Dave was super embarrassed, to be yeah. honest. He wanted to get out of the room when we, when we were doing that. But you know what happens when I do an impression? I yeah. sometimes I just get it on the on the first go, and yeah. then when I tr- yeah always, and then when I try and recreate it, the magic's gone. It degrades. Yeah, and that's what happened. Well, have yeah. a quick go. No, I'm not doing it. Fog on Lego, and it was awful. So your guesses. <laughs> arrived and we're locked up on our Twitter where we're at ClashPod. If you'd like to follow us for loads of exciting behind-the-scenes pod action, that's an oversell. Uh, we're also on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. And if you're in the business for a little extra clash of the visual variety, completely free of charge, please subscribe to our Clash of the Titles YouTube channel. Uh, so, correct guesses wise, well done to Rob McLean, Gary Dunn, Ian Robson and Marion Baudet Fitzsimmons. But this week's winner with the first correct guess... Tim Wilkins. Tim, your prize this week is to climb inside a tyre and have the three of us just roll you <laughs> down the street. What? We're on a budget. I know. You make your own fun, yeah. don't you? Sorry, and that actually means bring your own tyre, Tim. We don't, we don't have a tyre. Did, did you see the lad who pushes the tyre in one of the documentaries, many documentaries about To Kill a Mockingbird, him talking about that shooting that scene <laughs> I really hope this trivia is good because it's, it's quite good it sounds quite boring he wanted to kill her he was trying to kill her he hated her so much the, the girl who plays Scout oh, really? he said I was, I, was, I was trying to push her as hard as I could into a tree <laughs> well he did push her towards Boo Radley's house <laughs> and that was a bad one apparently <laughs> ooh spoiler <laughs> you've seen the movie you've done your homework can, can I pet him uh, right <laughs> That's we'll get so there. We'll get weird. there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, right, uh, connection section. Uh, lawyers taking less money than normal for their services. Yes. Nice one. Rape, court, racism, lawyers with kids. Uh, kids getting bullied at school for what their dads say. Yeah, massive closing speeches where it all rests on the closing speech. Tyres. There's Rep- a tyre. We've just mentioned the tyre and there are loads of tyres on the cars in A Time to Kill. Oh, just all right. Mm. They, both, they both reference God in their summations as well. Do they? I think it's important. Mm. Yeah. In the name of God, do your duty. Yes. Mm. That's all I've got. Based on books, that's pretty obvious, but it's my first week back. So. Uh, that'll do. Any more, Chris? White saviours. Uh-huh. Yes. Of course. A lot of course. white saviours. Big subject. Big ham. subject. Scout dresses as a ham and Sutherland is a ham. <laughs> <laughs> His accent's not great. So. <laughs> uh, that'll do us then. So, let's get into this. 
On Thursday, I'll be talking about the movie that made us go, McConaughey, that guy's going to be a star in A Time to Kill, which means today, still at the top of V's to-do list, To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> v, take us on a journey. My God, Atticus Finch is a great guy, manfully coping with the death of his wife, who was cruelly fridged by Pulitzer Prize-winning writer Harper Lee. Atticus is raising his kids alone, by which I mean he's paying, I hope, his maid Calpurnia to raise his kids and never checking if she's got a life of her own, telling her to move into his house after he puts his family in danger by taking on a controversial case. I'm only joking. He's definitely an amazing dad. But is he an amazing lawyer? With absolutely no evidence other than that man did it, Tom Robinson is falsely accused and convicted of rape. And the fact that his charge is a bit shocking, but Atticus is too busy shooting dogs and sitting on the porch to mount a robust defence and relies a bit too heavily, in my opinion, on Tom being right-handed, rather than there not being a shred of physical evidence that a crime even happened. But racism is a bitch! Get it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm allowed to say that. Um, and we're treated to the miserable and unfortunate consequences of that when one of the rare times a rape charge actually results in guilty, she's only going to make the whole thing up. Bloody typical. So Tom endures death by police and Atticus has to face up to his children that have just learned that racism is very much a thing and their understanding tolerance too. But they take that way too far when Scout leaves terrifying ghost man Boo Radley alone in with her comatose brother so that Boo can touch him. Here's another lesson, Scout. Don't take presents from strangers and definitely don't encourage them to fondle your comatose brother. If only your mum was alive is all I can say. It would never have happened. So it's warm Rod but Duval though, isn't it? It's beautiful Robert Duval. He looks mm. fucking so terrifying. Oh, he's no, he's kind. He's a kind, a kind face. He's got to look into the eyes. Always look in the he's eyes. He's smiling with his eyes. <laughs> He is smizing. Smizing, he's the he best is. smizer. So the next Until you meet him in real life, and he's a cantankerous <laughs> yeah. dick. Yeah. You don't like him, do you? <laughs> he's fine. He's just he's just over promoting movies. Done. Don't bring him out, then. <laughs> don't bring him out. I, no one's going to win in this situation. Least of all the movie. Yeah. Hey, so Jack Reacher, fucking Jack Reacher. Yeah. Okay. Good chat. <laughs> Now, the next bit is where I say, I've read it, I've not seen it. Is that right? Yeah. I've read this book, I've not seen this film before. What no. the fuck? You've had three weeks. I forgot. So then, is that the bit now? And then, what do I say? I say, have you seen it? And you say, no, you haven't seen it. It's black and white, so no. You've probably seen it about a million times. Once. But, oh, that's blown my mind. So, You're supposed to go, it's always on the telly on a Sunday. So, <laughs> what we what we normally do there, I know you've been off for a bit, we do our own bits, you don't do them for oh, us. Oh, God, okay, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, it's just a format thing. So but when sure. did you not see it, and when did you see it on the yeah. telly on a Sunday? I not saw it for the first 44 <laughs> years of my life. So uh, that was a long, awesome. a, a long 44 years. I kept thinking, God, yep. I've got to watch Infinity War again. <laughs> Have you read the book? Uh, Obviously not. Uh, yes. Have you? No. Interesting, the changes, isn't mm. it, between the book and the film? We'll I definitely talk more I about that later. I want to get into those today, <laughs> please. Uh, but I saw the play recently. Of course you did. I did, yeah. I, I didn't. I chose not to see it when Rafe Spall was playing Atticus Finch. Because you hate him? I, I, no, he's fine. He, I, he just doesn't strike me as Atticus Finch. But Matthew Modine. But Matthew Modine oh, does. He does. He does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was better, Yeah, I imagine. But it wasn't <laughs> Gregory. It. This, it. Is, this is the kind of thing that gets gets reviewers into trouble. It was way better with Matthew Medine. <laughs> oh, you saw it with Rafe Swall. Come again? What's I'm that? sure he was fine. I'm sure he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> you are still reviewing something you haven't seen. Okay, so that's that bit done. Yeah. Right? All right, mm. so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about this film. Is that right? That's what I normally say, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you hear that bit? Oh, no, what, have I forgotten something? No. You, shut up! <laughs> anyway, here we go. 
It's based on the 1961 Pulitzer Prize winning book of the same name, published in 1960. Uh, I was going to say, it's the book that everyone thinks they've read at school, but obviously you didn't. Uh, have you read it? People, yes. People and I know I'm, if they've read it or not. People no, don't think I've they've read it. I've talked to so many people and they're like, did we read that school? But we I read, read it, I, but I'm not sure if it was for school or not. For, yeah. But it's a very nice, easy, fun read, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is, I yeah. don't think it's like, a, it's not like homework. No. So it was originally, so the book, just to tell you a bit about that, started life as like a series of anecdotes, sort of vignettes, and it was then called Girl Set a Watchman, which was then a follow-up book, but many, many years later. <laughs> then... Kind of. Kind of, yeah. This is really interesting because I've got a bit about... Gregory Peck's involvement in the mm. cut of the film. So the book was then called Atticus because it was about Atticus. But the publisher was like, no, and then it changed and all the rest of it. Then it becomes um, To Kill a Mockingbird. It's published, very small print run, doesn't get picked up until it's been knocking around the New York Times bestseller list for a while. Um, and then it wins the Pulitzer. So then by 1962, which is the time the film comes out, it's obviously a very big deal. Um, the producers, they asked Harper Lee to do the screenplay. She said no. Uh, so then you get Horton Foot, and she described it. I love this. Look like God, except clean shaven. How much do you love that? She's a good writer. <laughs> That's great. It's amazing. God definitely has a beard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. And there's a I, woman, so. I'd only recognise God if I saw the beard first coming through the door. Through the clouds. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The clouds eyes beard. <laughs> That's nice. So anyway. Yeah, great writer, I, great writer. There's a lot of like, and you will talk about this because you've talked to me about this, about this is Gregory Peck's thing. He is Atticus. Atticus is him. He was yeah. playing himself. And when he died, people said a lot of things like that. But they did consider Rock Hudson before going to Gregory Peck, apparently. Yeah, he said the best day of his life was the day he was given this book. Yeah. Um, she, Harper Lee said Atticus gave him an opportunity to play himself. Yes. I mean, he'd done this film about anti-Semitism called Gentleman's Agreement a few years before. He's making this film a long time before the civil rights movement really gets going. So he was a very strong character who believed in things and, and sort of put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. He threw himself into it. You know, he, he went and met Harper Lee's dad, who mm. Atticus is based on. He's holding his watch in scenes in the courtroom because yeah. he, he passed away when they were making the film. And Harper Lee gave him the watch and he's sort of holding it like he saw the dad hold it. It's lovely. And they because Harper Lee and Gregory Peck become really good friends... Uh, it's really sweet. So when it was nominated for a ton of Oscars, he sent her a letter, including one for him, that said, congratulations on your eight nominations for the Academy Awards to mm. her, which is just lovely, like proper friends. I really and I like saw, that. Uh, the, the DVD I've got has sort of pages from his script annotated. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely. And, and he's written at the end of it, fairness, stubbornness, courage, love. Did you see the one where, so the, you've been doing the Do Your Duty speech, and so I saw an annotated page of that where he's put his like crib notes in his handwriting on the script. Mm. And it, that for me was a revelation because I never see scripts where they've got actors' notes on them. That's interesting. So it's like, give it weight, give it time, don't let them down, lots of pauses. And then it just says blood and he's underlined it. And it makes sense when you think about it, but it's just so chilling to see mm. the actor's process. That's chilling good. in a nice So way. it's not like a pep talk. It's not like, go on, Gregory. <laughs> you do it. You, you got this. You got this, boy. Yeah. Remember to speak here. Remember how hot you are. <laughs> <laughs> greatest, you are a hot dad greatest dad in the world TM <laughs> that's you no it says blood big boy um, so they're Mary Badham and Philip Alford as Scout and Jem both excellent she got best supporting actress nomination but then this is the thing I was saying before Gregory Peck's company part financed the film so he has a little bit of, well he has a fair amount of say in how it turns out he sees the final cut Sorry, also to say, the book is from her point of view, obviously, and then mm. you've got the voiceover and all the rest of it. But he wasn't, so Gregory Peck wasn't happy with the rough cut and said Atticus had no chance to emerge as courageous or strong. He basically thinks the kids are in it too much. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he, he said tone scout down. Yes, which is 
you know, but you have to remember that Harper Lee and Gregory so got, are good so friends. You, so... got, you, got, you got the Oscar, did you, Gregory? Yeah, I, I didn't, you see. It's just, I, I mean, I'm not saying it was that different cut, but, you know, they did say we didn't give you the Oscar because you were toned down just a smidge too much. Maybe, yeah. He said he thought that Atticus came across as wishy-washy. Uh, and so he just wanted the kids taken out of it and him to be in it more. I'm, I'm, I, that's not a direct quote. The kid <laughs> doesn't stay in the picture. Yeah. Um, so he wanted the children's scenes. His was cut down to proportion. So this is what's interesting about the play adaptation. So Aaron Sorkin's adaptation, that was Broadway 2018, and then it came to the West End. But Harper Lee's estate sued Aaron Sorkin over the adaptation because Atticus was too prominent rather than Scout. Fun, no? It didn't. It didn't work. You know, it was all sorted out before mm. Aaron Sorkin went to Broadway. But isn't that interesting? Mm. That the film is like this is a film about Atticus Finch, basically. Told from the kids' point of view, the kids have to be in the scenes in order for Gregory Peck to do his thing. But it is interesting that her estate, when Aaron Sorkin's like the man is front and centre, we're like we're not comfortable with that. Is that the same estate that talked her into releasing a sequel yeah. that she'd written 50 years before and, put and in a box. <laughs> had, had dementia for 10 years? Yeah. She couldn't even read the book that she was releasing. It's so But two dodgy, years before she it? died, yeah. Mm. Oh, and then the other thing was, oh, I was going to say this later, but it just, I'd never heard this rumour and I found it so upsetting. Harper Lee and Truman Capote were friends. She helped him researching Cold Blood. Mm. When To Kill a Mockingbird comes out and it's a huge hit eventually, you know, a bit of a slow burn, but Pulitzer Prize and all the rest of it. She didn't then do anything for a very long, well, forever. I, I love that. Yeah, it's, I know. I've done that, it. Isn't that amazing? But then people start to say that... You're not long for that day where you go, you know... I've done one thing. I, I, but I, I, I what do you do I, now? I'm a recluse. <laughs> I, I did one thing, but it sort of ticked every sort of thing on my bucket mm. list at the same time. So I'm just going to, I'm going to live yeah. now. Well, then, because then there were rumours that she didn't ever write it. Because if she couldn't do it again, maybe she didn't write it. Maybe Truman Capote wrote it. Isn't that awful? I don't think that's true. No, of but course what, it's not. Yeah, but... what is true is that I believe he stopped talking to her when she won the Pulitzer because of his jealousy. Really? Yeah, he had real issues with Did he uh, not women? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. And also because he wrote it. <laughs> that was the other reason. He's like, you've taken my name off it. That's not cool. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that's all I have, unless you've got anything else. Uh-uh. No. All right, lovely. That's all great. right. Thank you. Really good. Was that all right? That was great. Super quick. Welcome back. Thank you. You're making me feel weird. No, it's good to have you. <laughs> you've, made it, you've made it weird. I know, I have. Yeah. Now we talk about the film. Okay, yeah. great. All right, I'll talk about the film. All right, here we go. Right, so it's 1932. Scout is six. She's very innocent, says things to her dad like, are we poor? Mm. She's not six, is she? No, she's definitely not six. <laughs> you, yeah. you would know this. Yeah, I was really surprised. I was like, she's definitely at least ten. <laughs> yeah. Quite a bit of voiceover at the start, though. I know it's a classic, but does it pass the voiceover test? Adult Scout going, Maycomb was a poor dad. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard because you don't want to mess around with Pulitzer Prize winning right to Harperley. No. If I've got, I, this is this is yeah. the hill I will die get, on. Get straight to the tyre bit, right? To be honest, show me the town is poor. It's easy to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fine. No, I don't think so. But uh, you can't mess around with that book, can you? I guess if the source material is that good, then I suppose the voiceover gets a pass. Yeah, but not, but not for me, obviously. Yeah. But for the world, it's fine. Truman would be livid. Yeah. Hmm. Before we get there, though, I feel like the the music that, that opening credit scene with the music and the 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 the, 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 the treasures box. Yeah, the yeah. treasure box. 
I do feel like it sort of makes you feel like a child. I felt like I was being transported. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting way to open the film that sort of puts it's, me in a different mindset. It's great. I, it's that weird thing where you sort of, yeah, because I mean, I know you made the joke about black and white earlier, but yeah, I haven't seen it and it is in black and white and mm. it was made in 1962. But watching these kids playing on the street and the Boo Radley house, the yeah. Radley house, all of that really took me back to mm. my childhood playing on a street in Leeds and the house that you never went in the garden yeah. of because the owner was really scary really and no mean, one ever yeah. saw it. Yeah. I'm and playing Knockador Run. Like we used to do mm. that all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Elmer Bernstein did the score and he said that he made it all single notes. Yes. Like a child would play on the oh, piano. Oh, like plonky plonky. Yeah. Plonky. Yeah. It's, all, it's clever. I think as well. I did. I loved the <laughs> treasure box because I'm sure a lot of children is, but my children in particular, they've got, they call it their memory box. And it's their box of stuff and you are not mm. allowed to throw anything away out of the box. And it's mm. got really weird stuff in it. <laughs> like what? Like old play, like trading, not trading cards, like old Disney cards that they don't care about, but you got them free from the supermarket. They love them. Yeah. A, but this is really sweet. A birthday card that I wrote to them when they were too young to read, but now they can oh. read, they can read the message. A dead bird. A stick. Right. An old nasty stick. But, but Leo's worse obsessed. than a bird. <laughs> Yeah, Leo's obsessed with, and I do go through the memory box and I get rid of it. He just collects rubbish. So when you go through his memory box, he's got the inside of loo rolls that he's just pulled out of the bathroom bin <laughs> and put in a box. Wait, so why are you allowed to go through them? Do you not respect not, their privacy? I do respect their privacy, but it's like it's becoming a you're fire wor- hazard. You're like, worried about boobs, Princess Leia boobs in there. I think it's prudent on me to check. I think but, it's fine. I'm not. Look, when I was a kid, there was an advert on TV for a toy that I desperately wanted, but I think it was marketed at girls. And when you're like six years old, you're like, well, that's not for me. Yeah. But it was uh, keepers. Remember keepers? Oh my god, I had keepers, one. Like... Keepers, creepers. What's inside those keepers? And yeah. it was like a snail and where you, you had a little, you unlocked yeah. the shell and you put your stuff in there. Do you want to know something awful about me? I had one of those. I kept it for years. Then I grew up, and then when I was older, I used to hide uh, ten Marlborough gold inside it. <laughs> Marlborough light as well. Sorry, oh. sorry, uh, Philip Morris. <laughs> I enjoyed that. (laughs) Oh, that feels like a big thing because that's a horrible secret. Mm. That's a really big secret. I can say it now because no one's around that cares, but it was a really big deal to me. So... Atticus, as you said, just a great dad. He's amazing. He's amazing. Honestly, I was like, oh my god, loves his kids. Scout and Gemma are so lucky. They yeah, don't even, even know. Even with the dead mom, they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> probably better with her gone because he's well, even yeah. nicer now. He's compensating. He for will the never lack bollock of them for anything. No. The amount of stuff these kids do that for me are but instant bollocking. Mm. Don't follow me to work. <laughs> You've gone mad. <laughs> but he's like, hey kids, come on. Yeah. Here I am. It's nice that he's what older. What are you doing? What here? are you doing in yeah. this courtroom? Um, so yeah, dead wife. I'm just gonna say it. It's that sexy still waters run deep grief thing, mm. which I feel bad saying it because everyone's like, this is a, a, a maestro performance. But you fridge the wife so that Gregory Peck can be sexy. There's Act. and you know, there's more mother in the film than in the book. More. I think there's only one sentence dedicated to the mother in the book, <laughs> whereas in the film they at least have a couple of conversations. Well, yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? In the film, Gregory Peck uh, asks for the kids to be brought down. But his dead wife to be brought up to it make makes him, him look sexier. Yeah, yeah. That, that tracks. Mm. Uh, and then we meet Dill, who, I, well, Dill is based on Truman Capote. I didn't know that. And no, it's I like, know. oh, wow. I loved it. Like, first, yeah. you're like, that's what I can't get with this kid. And then like, when he pops back up, you're like, yeah, <laughs> What are you going to say next, Dill? He's so good. <laughs> little weirdo. Yeah. He's good. And he's important in the book because he, you're not sure where his dad is, what his situation is, because he's staying with his auntie. But so. Atticus can then just adopt him as well because he's got so much love to give. And a lot of time because he's not doing a lot of trial work. So There's not much to do, really, really, is there? Like, I maybe thought it'd just be like cut and shut kind of thing because there's no evidence. (laughs) But anyway, 
Um, and then and then Jem. Jem is also so good. So the kids are living in in like an idi- in a dill. So it's contained. Their biggest challenge is creepy Boo Radley next door. Got no money, but they're happy. They're very very happy. Are we poor? Are we poor? Yes, we are. But we've got a maid, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> we've got staff. We're not the poorest people. We don't pay her anything. Town. Mr. Cunningham, he's poorer, so don't worry. <laughs> we've got money. Yeah. Um, and then Atticus takes the case, Tom Robinson. So, dual plot lines here with the same theme innocence, which will be denied at court, which ultimately threatens the kids morally, mm. but then will threaten them physically because later Mr. Yule crosses the plot lines kind of thing and attacks the kids which then brings Boo Radley out. So the kids are learning, will learn, that the world is very big, but also how to be better within that world, like their dad. Mm. That's the book, that's the film, all good. Um, the scene where... I love this bit, right? So Jem invites the poor kid from school, who's the Cunningham kid, mm. over for dinner. That's really lovely, but he's got his little shirt and tie on, so he's just trying to be like his dad. I just thought that was lovely. Like, he's trying to do the right thing. And he, I know he's for school, but he is dressed up like his daddy. I just thought it was lovely. It's such a on-the-money scene as well, where the kid asks for syrup to pour on his roast dinner and Scout calls him out. Yeah. Because she's a kid. Mm. And you've been... Like, when you do see someone do something, like, you have a friend over for dinner when you're a kid and they, like, you know, ask for, like, I don't know, mayonnaise with their chips or something, you're like, what are you mm. doing? Yeah. And it's just that. There's so much in this movie that is instantly relatable. I saw a lot of myself in that kid, but for me, it's vinegar. Okay. I treat... The way that kid treats syrup is how I treat vinegar. I and it's that. weird. Yeah. I got into <laughs> that. I, I no. drench... I drench mm. everything in Can vinegar. Can I ask, is it malt vinegar? Yes. Okay, great. I put, it, I put it on a Balsamic, pizza. obviously. Red wine, white wine, cider vinegar, sherry <laughs> vinegar. Don't make me list all the vinegars. No, I, but we're talking about chips because it's that weird thing. Is he talking? Did you say chips? You said dinner. I made an assumption. I, I, I said, an assumption I said everything. I put, it on, I put it on... 12 years old and I put all it, chips. I put it on some pizza <laughs> earlier. That's you? fucking disgusting. I know. You are, you are, you're depraved, you're a reprobate, and I don't know you anymore. I love See, it. Don't be scared. Have you put malt vinegar on a pizza? I've never done it, but I will. <laughs> Chris Tilly full goblin mode. Encourage Put the vinegar on. I mean, I didn't know we were going there. I mean, what I do is like you, you make these crispy oven chips, and you're like, mm, 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 mm. crispy, and then you just go glug, glug, glug. Oh, and yeah. they're just soggy. They, they make, disintegrate. make them swim. Mm. <laughs> yeah, have you ever said that in a fancy restaurant? Yeah, can make I have the vinegar? Swim. But enough, because I want to make them swim. And they're like, we don't have malt vinegar because this is a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> but also I think because, it's like you said, kids say what they're going to say and it's really hard to teach kids what manners is. So mm. Scout, like Calpurnia Bollock Scout, I like but that for her. she hits her. Does she? She slaps her bottom. Does she? You're not allowed to do that anymore. No, you're not allowed not to do especially that. Especially not to your own kid. Well, not to your, basically like your boss. Kind of. <laughs> kind <yeah>. of. <laughs> like yeah. your boss in waiting. But Calpurnia doesn't have much agency, which is kind of appropriate for the time it's setting, but she does get to tell the child off, and I think that's mm. quite important. That's definitely one thing that Aaron Sorkin has added to it, is she has a lot more agency in the play. Oh, that's nice. And she calls uh, Atticus Finch out at one point in the play right. for expecting gratitude for just doing the right thing. Yes, which good. Because you know. that's the thing that's not in there, especially when they all stand up for him and it's like, wide saviour. But it's like that, you would, you can't do that today. No. Because it's like, you've just well, done the right thing. We'll get to it on Thursday. Uh, Jake Brigance does get called out in Time yeah, to Kill. Yeah, I love that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas it, it doesn't happen here. And so I, I thought it was weird when Aaron Sorkin's rewriting To Kill a Mockingbird. Sure. But when I watched the play, I like, oh no, there are he some... He doesn't, in- by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there, is some in- <laughs> there is some interesting things that he has done to, yeah. the, to, to this. To bring it up today. Yeah. I think it's a legitimate change so we don't all go, oh God, like yeah. it's icky otherwise, like yeah. everyone's sort of celebrating this man. 
Um, so this is, and obviously, this is where we hear, remember, it's a sin to kill a mockingbird, mm. um, which is, I don't, I've read so much about this, like, do, mockingbirds represent innocence, and is it, it's too simplistic. Tom Robinson doesn't get very much to do until he gets his big moment later, but when he's first accused, or, or like, the charge is, like, it's all from Atticus's perspective. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't even know what he's you done. You don't see him for no. the majority. And he's a disembodied of voice. The and... Yeah, that's the. F- I think that's the first time you hear him speak when yeah. Atticus is outside the courthouse and he goes, "Have they gone?" Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, okay." And it looks a bit gross now because mm. it's like this is your story, but we don't even get to see your face until you're in court. Um, he, he was in it more originally, but Gregory Peck uh, toned it down. <laughs> he had some notes. Oh, God, yeah, because he's like... No, I'm joking, that is not true. <laughs> no, I know. Wait, wait, is Gregory Peck listening? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I agree with you. Rafe Spall said tone it down, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Which is why you've boycotted yeah. that performance. Yeah, but Modine brought it back, though. It was like, that's not right. Uh, I think we should have... That's um, not true. None of that is true. God damn it. Do your duty. Can we have a short break? That's as, that's as good as I can do. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ticks a box. <laughs> do I tick a box? Am I a box t- ticked? No, you have to stop speaking after you mm. say it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, you don't really. I'll do it. And now the break. You're welcome. <laughs> you spoke. <laughs> no, and now you a break. Spoke. No. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right, so then, Scout, right, because of what's going on at school, she asks why her dad to her dad, why would you defend Tom Robinson? And it's like, 
this guy's like got the weight of the world on his shoulders and he's doing it because it's the right thing to do and all the rest of it. So when I see that now, I'm like, oh, that question is irrelevant. A white child wouldn't ask that question now. And then I was like, but would they? Like in modern US, modern anywhere, whatever, would a child still be uh, teased at school for what her dad was doing in this context? It just made me wonder, like, it's, it's not as irrelevant. Maybe that hasn't aged, as in that could still happen. I mean, it's this is like white person, like oh shock, racism. It's certainly thing, interesting but... when the judge approaches him to first ask him to take the case. When he's sitting on the porch and the judge comes up and he goes, "So the Tom Robinson trial is coming up. I want you to represent him." And it is that sort of you get that you get the 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 the, the magnitude of what he's taking on. So he certainly thinks you know there is going to be fallout for his kids mm. and everything representing Tom Robinson. And you know his answers are very sort of like yes sir, yes sir, very like you know. Like he's working out the consequence of his decision in that moment. Yeah, I just wondered where we are in the conversation around is is that it's not is it as I thought it was a moot point now and maybe it's not, which is one of the things that hasn't changed in mm. the last ninety years or whatever. Um, the so then the scene I absolutely love this. So the mob at the jailhouse step scene. So oh. Atticus has gone to sit outside Tom Robinson's cell so that vigilante justice will not be served. And then the kids, because the kids just keep following him around all over the place. So they follow him and it's the kids that diffuse the situation. But oh, there's so much going on because you know that Atticus Finch is physically capable, possibly, of... It's not just an idle threat when he's like, you should go home. Because we saw him shoot the dog, so we know he's not just intellectual. Mm. He's got something else physically that could be... Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it is interesting, though. There is a lot going on in this scene. And when Scout comes up and starts her little bit, yeah. there's a shot of her face and the expression on her face suggests that she knows exactly what she's doing. This isn't a naive thing. Yeah. She's not just speaking like a child. There's an adult decision that's been like, this is a dangerous situation for my dad. I know what will help defuse exactly. it. Exactly. Because Jem, what he does, what he does is very brave for a little boy. He doesn't want to leave his dad. But what Jem and Atticus are doing, the end road for that is violence because they're like, you go away. No, you go away. I'm not going. You go and then what Scout does is a very sort of feminine thing to do, which is to distract. So you diffuse the threat of violence by going, oh, it's you. Do you remember this? And, and you also dinner actively and... shames him into being there. But in the nicest way. Yeah, of yeah, course. Like yeah. gently does it. So mm. no one feels upset. No one's, you know, she, what she's done is taken quite a lot of bravado and neatly diffused it without anybody feeling they've lost face, which is a very impressive skill for a six slash 16 year old. Which is, <laughs> I don't think a six year old can ever do that, but fine. Scout can. Scout can, yeah. Scout's amazing. Mm, Scout's the best. And so then we're at the trial. Now, this is the first time I've seen this film and I'm looking at the clock and it's like, this trial, I, could, I couldn't believe how quick it was, basically. It feels really <laughs> swift, do you not think? 68 yeah. minutes in, the trial happens. Yeah, and then I thought, oh, we'll spend the rest of the time in mm. the courthouse. Even though I've read the book, so I should know, but... It feels really quick. It's an unusual structure because yeah. normally the end of the film would be the end of the trial. The verdict, yeah. But no, we, we've got a 20-minute trial and then we've got another half hour after that. Yeah. And so it's, I got confused when I was doing notes. This is the one where they say the jury have been deliberating for two hours. Is that right? So you're supposed to think that there's a chance that it would be the correct yes. verdict, which would be... Um, not guilty. So maybe that's the victory that they, they did pretend to think about it because you've got an all-white jury... A lot of it rests on the fact that Miela Yule was beaten on her right side and so a left-handed person would do it. Tom can't even use his left hand, yeah. so it's not like... Well, it's Mr Yule is left-handed. Mr yeah. Yule is left-handed. left-handed yeah. oh, it's good. He's awful, isn't he, Mr Yule? Yeah. Brilliantly awful, uh, but uh, awful. Upsetting stories about him on the set. They all said 
all the other actors said he was a bit like his character. Oh, dear. He told the producers, I know this man. But uh, uh, who was it? Is it Brock Peters? Yeah. He said he was a horrible man. They all mm-hmm. said he was a horrible man. And they said when you stood him next to Brock Peters, it was like looking at good and evil. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Colin... And the kids hated him. He was horrible to the kids. Well, that's why he's very good in he's the very role. Good. Yeah, he's very perfect. Perfect. Playing himself. <laughs> Great casting. <laughs> so, Colin Wilcox, who plays Mayella Yule and Brock Peters as Tom Robinson, they both get their big moments. The details that I loved, I loved that Mayella saved for a year to be able to send the kids out for ice cream. Yeah. That's the sort of thing you go, oh, this town is poor because it takes a year to save up for a little treat like that. And that Tom has to say to her that that's a nice thing to do when he's giving his testimony, when he's recounting. Like his speech, he is the victim of an assault and no one believes him, mm-hmm. which is very typical of a rape case, except he's also bearing the burden of being the accused and it will kill him. Mm. That's massive. Yeah, He's amazing. And, and he said, but Peter said that he, I found it easy to get to that place of frustration, anger and isolation because I've lived it. Yes, um, and the, the woman who plays Myella is fantastic. She yeah. said, I, I see this woman, as I played her as a trapped animal. Yeah. She's trapped at home. She's trapped on the stand. She's trapped in life. And yeah. so mm. she's just sort of panicking and... And then doubles down as well. You well, think she's going to crack. That's it. That's, yeah. the, that's such a good moment. Because yeah. he, he, like Atticus, and you're like, mm. oh, this is his big moment where he goes, do that you want to tell us? Yeah. What really happened? And I was like, aha, he's going to get the court. Oh, my God, no. She's gone. She's actually gone, which I don't think you're allowed to do in court. I'm going to say one more thing, and then I'm never saying anything again. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, this is what happened. And she continues the line, and she goes, I'm done. It's yeah. like, you, 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 just, you don't get to say that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we tell you. The, it comes up later, but it, it's obviously it's a shame, but it's of its time that we don't get the chance to look at why Myella might have done it, because... Power, power runs upwards, oppression runs downwards. So Myella's got less power than the white men in her life, but more power than the black men in her life. So when she flexes her power, it obviously goes downward to the group mm. below her. So she's taking advantage of the group that she can as she is taken advantage of by those above her in yeah. the pecking order. Yeah. That's what's happened. Yeah, she's yeah. not doing it for a laugh. Like, no, she, she's a victim, yeah. but then she... Yeah, she, she, she um. I mean, it's just it's a it's a nightmare, really, isn't it? For her, yeah, and for him, for everyone, yeah. apart from Mister Yule, who needs yeah. to do the right thing, yeah, but won't. And, and Gregory Peck was saying that when Brock Peters has his big moment on the stand, he said, "I had to look past him. I couldn't look at him because I would cry." Oh, <laughs> what a good man he is! What a great man. I mean, the thing that really does for Tom, which is obvious of its time, is saying that he feels sorry for. Myella. Yeah, that's and that's, that's, that's the that's, thing that signs his death warrant. Yeah, they can't have that. Like no, and then. Um, you know, in the closing speech, Atticus Finch is saying that the kiss that happened is unspeakable, which is like a really weird thing to hear now. Um, which is, but that's what it was. And Atticus is imploring the jury, which is the opposite of a time to kill, to look beyond passion for evidence. Whereas in the time to kill, it's just look at your passion and what would you do, kind mm. of thing. Um, and then he's found guilty. So this, I did find this a bit weird. Uh, I wouldn't. So they, did they do this in the stage thing that you saw? So the people of colour in the gallery stand for Atticus, like thank you for trying, even yeah. though it didn't quite work. I just hated it because it just felt wrong. Yeah, uh, that's um, I can't remember how they do it in the play, but certainly I read an interview with Sorkin where he said that that was his favourite moment when he was younger watching right. the film. And now it's his least favourite moment. Yeah. He said they shouldn't be standing for Atticus Finch. They should be burning the courtroom down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks sense. different, yeah. doesn't it, through it modern does. eyes? Yeah. It just looks like, oh, good. Well, do you want a big pat on the back kind of thing? Um, but then uh, Tom has to die. Uh, so sort of like death by police. And then in the confrontation. So this is the thing. So Atticus 
is confronted by Mr. Yule. He spits at him, which mm. is very, like, that's unbelievable. But he still doesn't lose his temper. And I think that's the thing that then propels Mr. Yule to do what he does. Yeah. Because he cannot get a rise out of this man. So he's going to go after his kids, which is, like, major stuff. Yeah, I mean, is there a time for violence? We, 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 this, our hero practices non-violence, preaches it, does it, says it. But is there a point where he should turn around and lamp Bob Yule? Because you think it would like take some of the energy out of it. Like, if Mr Yule felt that they'd had a big fight yep. and got it done, would he have gone after the children? Should we stay neutral in the face of racism? No, we shouldn't, because then we are part of the problem. Mm. So, no, we shouldn't. Sorry, I'm just working this through. But if when he gets spit at, you think you don't think he's going to hit him, but is that what that is what he wants? That's what Mr. You wants to do. Yeah, yeah. And he will not do it, uh-huh. and that then puts his children in danger. You know, he's not going to think like that. He's not like, well, if I don't hit him, they'll come after the kids. But that is what happens. But also within the logic of the film, it also <clears> because he doesn't react in the moment brings about Mr. Yule's death. Which yes, is a good thing. Is it? Yeah, that's thorny. Well, well yeah. is it? Is it? Wow, get him. Get uh, Mr. Capital Punishment I'm, over there. Like that, though, he is, isn't he? That yeah. scene in the diner we'll talk about on Thursday. I'm with Jake Brigance. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because your understanding of the legal system is also scant mm, <laughs> and it's yeah. full of holes. At the end of seven, Brad Pitt is going for help. <laughs> but you also He's think not you being could be arrested. accused of a crime. <laughs> And someone could go up as a character witness and go, but he is lovely. And they'll go, all right, then, fine, we understand. That's a, that's a thing. That's how, that's how character witnesses work. Yes. That's the whole point of a they character witness. They can neutralise a criminal charge. If you get a good character witness and they say to the jury, Alex is actually probably one Pretty of the all right. best people I've met, then, <laughs> bosh, it is done. Because I'll, I'll go, yeah, I am. I am. And I'm, I'm really sad and I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do all the things that you're trying me for. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> and a little scout, like in a ham costume. I'm kind of, oh, God, she's so cute. It's hilarious. She's so cute. You need to Halloween. I want to see Big all ham. three of your kids in hams. I will do that. It's just so I'll get lovely. Pete to do it with B. They could all go out. I want to see four hams. <laughs> What's the group now for hams? <laughs> Alex, uh, actually, I don't know that one. It's a grumbling of hams. Yeah. No, I think it's a mongoose. <laughs> Anyway, it's just so cute. Gem and Scout together. He's like, well, it's not my fault you lost your dress. And she's like, fine, I'll go on the ham. It's just so lovely. <laughs> and then they're attacked, which is just horrible. This, what I hadn't realised until this watch was how much of this film is like a horror movie. Yeah, The beginning's quite the like that. It is. Though, yeah. Yeah. All the, the stuff with Boo's house. The and shadow, then, like the Nosferatu shadow yeah. along the wall. It's, it's terrifying. It's a really, yeah, and it's a good horror film. But yeah. this, And it's so well shot, this, where you can't see who's doing it yeah. and what's happening. Because she's and in then, her house. Yeah. <laughs> she can't tell what's going yeah, on. Proper POV stuff. I can't say. Yeah. And the thought of what's actually happening, which is an adult attacking the kids, is re- it's so horrific. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then Boo Radley saves the day. Um, and so I've the only thing I thought was weird at this point, it's like, it's strange to me. I, what is Atticus doing? Where is it the Oof. sheriff that has to say to him, <laughs> you know, it wasn't your 12-year-old kid that stabbed a man in the ribs. It was Boo Radley, who <laughs> P.S. is massive. Like, And he's like... Oh, was it? Right. Okay, but cool. isn't that, I thought, thought weird Atticus is considering letting his son take the fall. Yes. <laughs> That's a quite a strange thing for him to do. That's because yeah. he's so virtuous and the law I is know, the law. But Jim didn't do it. <laughs> but then he is virtuous yeah. and the law is the law. But well. then this circular justice is the eye for an eye thing now because Mr. Ewell got Tom killed, ultimately. Yeah. And so then the weird, the other weirdy thing is that the sheriff says, if everybody knows it was Boo... 
then it's not that he won't go to prison, which I think is what it should be, because then you're throwing, you know, you're sacrificing the mockingbird. It's, it's weird. It'll be like, oh, everyone will come and bake him a cake. Yeah, that's that. that yeah, because I had to watch that bit twice because I was like, did I just hear that right? But it's the idea that because his act of heroism will bring someone who's a recluse into the spotlight. Yeah. They shouldn't do it. Yeah, it, they say it. The limelight is the yeah. word they use, yeah. So, uh, it would be better if it's like, we're, we're not going to say he's guilty. Yeah, uh, because he'll go to prison because we don't get want, killed. Yeah, because yeah. he saved the day and we don't want him to go to prison. And that makes a, more sense. I've forgotten the weirdest bit, which I did talk about, which is, it's so weird. I'm sorry, it's just not good. Like, scary-ass Boo Radley in the corner and Scout's like, it's all right, you can touch him. No, don't worry about it. No, he's he's, he's like he's, he's lovely when he's asleep. He wouldn't let you. He wouldn't let you do it if he was awake. All he's doing is petting him. Petting? You can pet him. <laughs> yeah, what well, starts as petting? <laughs> it's well, just, it's not heavy petting. Well, exactly, but also it's, it's, it's so it's weird. It's Lenny in of mice and men. It is. Like, it? It? If you want to be trusted around children, don't hide behind doors. Why are you in my house? Yes, you saved my life. Uh, Why do you hate Boo Radley? It's terrifying. Hide and seek is a really fun game. When they're like, oh, you're there. And he's just like, yeah, behind yeah. the door. Kind, I'm behind the door. You can't put words in Boo Radley's mouth. He doesn't go, <laughs> I'm here. He doesn't say anything. No, of course. There's kindness in his eyes. Kind. There's kindness in his, his eyes. His expression tells you all you need to know that this is a good man. I mean, I would be like, oh, okay, you're in the house. That's weird. We didn't invite you in, but thank you. But you can go now. It's very difficult for me to see lovely, warm... Eyes looking so beautiful <laughs> and golden, Robert Duvall, and then think about the man who went fucking Jack Reach. <laughs> like that. He didn't do it in all the Is he from Manchester? That's so weird. Yeah. Oh my god, did you not know? I didn't know. Yeah, Salford. He's from Salford. <laughs> but that's how good an actor he is that you thought he's been an American this whole time. <laughs> I just find started it really on odd. the started on the stage in Salford, Robert Duvall. Amazing. Mm. And the Bolton Octagon. <laughs> he was known as a, a Robbie Devil at the time. <laughs> And uh, obviously, when he got to Hollywood, he changed them to Robert DeVal. Yeah. It sounds classier, but Robbie Devil. Bobby Devil. Mm. Old Bobby Devil <laughs> on the stage. These magic cups. Blackpool, Central Pier, Bobby Devil. Look at my magic cups. Come on. I'll be in The Godfather one day. Do you want a doll made us up? Do you want a balloon animal? You do. Have you got a balloon? No, then. Can I touch it? What? Sorry. Hello, Hollywood. Anyway, fine. We've, Sorry. we've heard he pets kids. <laughs> Come on over. And that's it, basically. This Oh, the seasons change. It's very much I was never the same after that summer vibes. Atticus is the best dad ever. TM, as you said, the end. Mm. That's it. We're done. Yep. Beautiful. Okay, lovely. What well, story? What well, story? <laughs> what? What story? Me or her, Harper Lee. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Harper... Pulitzer Prize winner Harper Lee, maybe. The thing, the trouble with the podcast, right, is you go, what a story, and everyone else thinks you're talking about Harper Lee, but you do it, you make weird eyes at me, and I'm like, are you talking to me? Boo eyes. I've got my boo eyes in. <laughs> you cut your eyes at me. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Meh. <laughs> I'm behind the door. going to start hiding behind the chair. <laughs> right, let's do the bits. So, uh, Chris, what was your best scene? I'm going to say Atticus Finch's big five-minute speech. Nice. Because it's good actoring. It's great actoring. Give that man an Oscar. <laughs> and you? I thought Boo was going down at the end. And so it's Sheriff Heck saying mm. that Bob Ewell fell on his knife. Oh, and that nice. reveal that they're going to get Boo off the crime because Boo is lovely, by the way, mm. and deserves <laughs> to pet any sleeping child. <laughs> I like the jailhouse steps bit. I like the kids being in solidarity with their dad. I like that push and pull between the dad really wants them to go Obviously, we'll be quite touched by what they're doing, but for their own safety, they need to go. And they're like, for your safety, we need to be here. And then they are right. I just think that's amazing. Mm, yeah. 
Uh, what's your most valuable whatever, Alex? So it is almost Oscar winner Gregory Peck, uh, as we may have discussed on this episode. Just so, so warm. The warmth mm. that man exudes. Mm. I was like, I just want to be in your, your company. <laughs> but speaking of his children, I'm going for Mary Badham as Scout. Uh, I just think she's fantastic. I struggle with child actors mm. at the best of times. You and... shouldn't struggle with child actors, mate. <laughs> just leave them alone. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually quite compliant. <laughs> but <It's> weird. <laughs> Call me Mr Yule. Oh, is this your first alcoholic drink? OK. Oh, that's interesting. Where's your mum? <laughs> Great. Good. That's pleasant. Yeah. So uh, I'm... Click that. Clip that. Yeah, let me. Uh, it's Gregory Peck. <laughs> no, it is. I think. I think she's just. Uh, I think she's just brilliant, and I, I love that fact that she. Um, she became so close with actor Gregory Peck on set that forevermore they stayed friends, and she always called him Atticus, and he always called her Scout oh. forever oh. and ever and ever. That's lovely. What about you? Uh, I should go for Gregory Peck as well, but I'm not going to do it either. Uh-oh. I'm going for Brock Peters. I think that is it's just a wonderful performance. He does a lot with a little in this film. Mm. Amazing voice, amazing actor. Love it. I think everyone is really good and I want to give it to Brock Peters, but I think I will give it to Gregory Peck. Uh, I think, and I think Harper Lee would be pleased if we did that. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, okay. just is very the still waters thing. I take the piss out of it. Like mm. I'm in grief, but I'm fit. <laughs> but it, he's nailed that. So I really think it's unfair that people were like, ah, you know, a lot of uh, um, um, much later reviews sort of talked about. Was he really acting that much? Or was he just being Gregory Peck? And I'm like, ah, he's still acting. Yeah, he's he's acting because he's not actually a lawyer in 1932. <laughs> no, and, 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 and actually, that's big speech I was talking about. He said he wanted to get emotional saying those words, but Atticus Finch wouldn't be emotional and yeah. so he's having to hold a lot in. I mean, he's fantastic. Apologies to Harper Lee. She she probably should have got a vote, I but because yeah. she did well. Didn't write it though. All no. the book. Oh, good point. Yeah. So we're going to give it to Truman Capote <laughs> is our most valuable. Well earned. Yeah. Um, what would you change, Chris? So I haven't read the sequel, pseudo whatever it is. It. Apparently, it was actually they they realised afterwards it was a first draft of To Kill a Mockingbird, yes. not so. Um, but the changes that I've read about that that are made to Atticus, I think, might make this film more interesting. Okay, in that you know, is he too perfect yeah. for a hero for a protagonist? Uh, in in that book, he has previously been to a clan meeting. He isn't sure about integration, uh, and so he's got the. He's, he, the there's question marks over his feelings about race, and I think that might make it. I mean, what am I talking about? Well, I'm not trying to improve on To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> but I just thought that was an interesting direction to go in, and apparently that was more like because it's based on her dad, Harper's yeah. dad, and that version of of the character is more like her dad oh, than the that's one that's, that's in To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. What about you? Allow me to improve on To Kill a Mockingbird. Sure. And indeed... You're in safe company here. Improve on everything. Atticus Finch is not perfect. I mean, it's obvious. Don't kill a dog, even if it has rabies. Oh, God, OK. Don't yes, sorry. kill a dog. You have to. You no, have to. It will kill your kids. No, like, if just, it... just take the rabid dog out entirely. Oh. You, know, you know what I've had to do? I've had to... Because I understand that sometimes... Animals need to die for story. So Atticus needs to prove he's a good shot. Mm-hmm. It has to be a dangerous animal. Chicken with rabies. I don't love mm. chickens as much as I love dogs. Mm-hmm. So for me, a rabid chicken is my change. I know that's probably going to be weird when people go, so on To Kill a Mockingbird, this classic, your change is you want a Put rabid a chicken. Chi- rabid chicken. <laughs> A rabid chicken. No, no judgment here. Zombie chicken. Something something undead. A massive zombie chicken. Uh, or a zombie. <laughs> there you go. There we go. There you go. Do you know how much I love zombies? Yep. I love them a lot. 
Yeah. Put a zombie in it. Shot, yeah. Shots in the head. Because you've got to shoot them in the head. Yeah. So, bosh. Done. Excellent. Love it. So, a zombie, please. Always on my chicken. Okay, great. My change is Tom Robinson ran from the police and it got him killed. And I know the narrative device of the film is that we see things if the kids are there, but I would like to see that anyway. I'd like to see Tom Robinson's face when he's like, I'm just, my legs are running and I don't know why I'm doing it. I want to see my family or I want to die. I don't want to go to prison. But that moment where he's like, I'm just going to run. I want to see that. Vicky. Yes. Did he run? Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm not sure he did. Oh, no. They can just oh, no. say he ran and they exactly. had to shoot him. This is like Come seven on. Oh, really? Jesus. I think maybe they just took him out back and killed him. Yeah. I thought that was oh, the impl- no. that was the implication I took from that that mm. they were just like I thought he just ran. Mm. Well, he that's why be- we don't see it. I think it's better we don't see it because in my head I think maybe he didn't run. Mm. Oh no. I was with Chris. So, but yeah, I think it maybe it's there like Chris said for for that question mark. Okay. Well, that horrible horrible Every day is a school mark. day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. So and, yeah. um, uh, that wasn't a lecture. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a lecture. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's a weird callback to something from three weeks ago, is it? Was I lecturing... That, I was lecturing you, that was it, but I wasn't. No, I called something you'd done previously a lecture yeah, because and you that took umbrage. You yeah, took umbrage. Of course umbrage. I did, of course uh, yeah, It was a Freudian then, slip. Yeah, well, when you lectured me, it's like, what are you It wasn't about? a Freudian slip. It, it felt like a lecture, but I don't mind being lectured. I love it. I'm the puppet master. <laughs> I forgot about that. Go at each other. Weird memory. Uh, right, we're done. All right. Are we doing a quiz? I mean, I- I've got a list. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, Are we involved? Yeah. All right. So uh, the American Film Institute did a list of the 100 greatest heroes in all of cinema. And number one was Atticus Finch. Wow. So I've got the top 10 here. Each have a go. Uh, Who might be on that list? Can I ask one quick question? Yeah. Are they all men? Uh, There is... There are two women. In the top ten? In okay. the top ten. All right. So what's the title once more of the list? Greatest Heroes. Okay. Uh, oh, I've got one. Right. So, yeah, just you get three guesses each. Take it in turns. Vicky. Uh, Ripley from Alien. Correct. Yeah. Point to Vicky. <laughs> Alex. Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. No, Sarah Connor is not on the list. Vicky. Oh, God, I can't do this. Um, Think of heroes. <laughs> Superman. No. Okay. Alex. Han Solo. No. Oh. Last last guess, Vicky. Oh, last guess, last guess, last guess. Wait, I can do this, I can do this. I can do this. Heroes, heroes. John McClane. No. Shit. Indiana Jones. Fuck. Yes! No! No, no, no! One, one, it's a draw. <laughs> oh, that was... That do, you want, was do you want to do a tie break? Do you want to do one more? No, I want us to be friends. Batman. So. No. Oh. Uh, so it's Atticus <laughs> Finch, Indiana Jones, James Bond. Uh, of course. Quite a famous hero. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick Blaine, Casablanca. Oh, yeah. Will Kane, High Noon, I'll tell you. Clarice Starling. Shit! Shit, shit, shit! Brilliant one. My favourite, Rocky Balboa. Oh, yeah. Mm, good. Uh, Ellen Ripley. George Bailey. Oh, yeah. And then T.E. Lawrence. From Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, I don't know if we'd say that now. I, I think, think this, this is from about 10 years That's ago. That's an old list. <laughs> wow. Anyway, well played. Uh, I'm giving it to Vicky. All right, then. That is us done with To Kill a Mockingbird. Do you want to check my clue for next week? Chris, we've done a no, new thing. Oh, no, no, go for it, because okay. I haven't got anything. Why are you checking? Well, we're just because there's just been the two of us here. Oh, uh, right. That's not like a new policy or no. like a process. I normally like to check, don't I? And then you don't like me checking. You yeah. never check mine. Uh, he has done. That is an absolute <laughs> lie. No, he does it live, yeah. but like not but free. But he does check it. Okay, yeah. yeah All right. Uh, so, your clue, let's look ahead to next week's pairing, is all dolled up. What's your clue? That is your clue for next week. I'm only going to say it once. Okay. 
Uh, right then, that is it for this episode. We are, of course, back on Thursday talking A Time to Kill and seeing which film is victorious. Until then, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or every podcast and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Do it now! Till Thursday, have a great week. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 